Daniel, uh, overreaction yes. happened Saturday, and feelings came from in here. <laughs> and then they came out this way. Things were said. And many people thought, are these guys serious? Well, for real. two things are true. We were serious, and also, we want to edit a few things. We've digested so a few things. Today, we took those feelings. They went back in. They came back down. Mm. And now they, they fermented. And we have things okay. to discuss next on Locked On Bulldogs. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. He is Clint. Um, the fine folks at FanDuel are bringing you this episode today. More on them in a second. Fermented feelings today, Clint. That's um, It's not going to make for a, a catchy title on YouTube. I'll tell you but that. It does get the point across, it if does, I'm going to be honest. It does get a point across. I'm not sure if it's the right one. We'll just Time will tell. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, hope you were joined us on Saturday night, um, Overreaction Pod. Um, one of the most fun recordings we do all week because it really does give us a chance to to get back to what this podcast is all about. We try to deliver recruiting news to you guys. We try yep. to deliver takes on Heisman trophies and key matchups and position group breakdowns and all of that. But really what this podcast is is a couple of diehard Georgia fans talking about the Georgia Bulldogs the way that you would if you had a podcast. And so the overreaction pod is really the, the pod in its truest form. It's the quintessential it's, fan love. It's just get us getting on here and, and letting the feelings come to the surface. So hope Correct. you joined us for that. Um, but today on the show... Um, we're going to do a little, upon further review, we, this isn't formal, to... this isn't formal apology music. No, we're not going to apologize. We regret nothing, but it is a little bit of maybe a second edition. Yep. You just took another look back and you said, oh, things weren't exactly what I thought they were, or maybe they were Clint. We'll clarify that today about some feelings that we had about this team. And so, um, let's just jump right into it. Okay. And I'm going to lead us off with my first, um, with my first thought, my first. Upon further review, Daniel, you saw. I saw. Did Carson Beck miss a few throws, Clint, in this game? He absolutely did. Yep. Does Georgia have a Carson Beck problem? Unequivocally, they do not. I think, upon further review. Carson Beck actually didn't play that bad in this game. And yep. I actually think Mike Bobo didn't call that bad of a game either. But those are the two easiest guys yes. to hunt and peck for. And so I'll start with Carson Beck. I'll let you get to the ladder later. Thank you. Um, Carson Beck missed a few throws, most notably one in the end zone, another one um, on the sideline, one down the middle. Three, I counted, really errant throws. 
But the kid threw for 300 yards against no nobody competition. I understand that. And he did have some drops. He really, the game plan was obviously, let's get the ball to our playmakers in space early. And that simply didn't work. Now, we can talk about why that didn't work in a little bit. But spoiler alert, it's called perimeter blocking. That's it. And um, it wasn't there early in the game. <clears throat> That's not necessarily a Carson Number Beck four. problem. Well, it, and Clint, it was also Brock Bowers missed a few key blocks on the outside. I went back and watched the game again, and nobody was themselves in this game. Brock Bowers absolutely whiffed on a block on the outside, and the first play of the game, Makai Muse gets tackled for a loss on a little swing pass because Brock Bowers and Oscar Delp combined to block zero people on that play. Carson Beck, I don't think, is the issue. Now, are there other exciting quarterbacks on this roster? Absolutely there are. Are there other quarterbacks that I feel confident were there to be an injury situation, were there to be something that happened? Absolutely, I feel confident in some other guys on the roster. Does Georgia have a Carson Beck problem? No, they do not. Do we even need to be considering a change at quarterback at this juncture? Absolutely not. Uh, I have no problem with this. Upon further review, I second that emotion, Daniel. Yeah. I want to bring a new emotion in. Well, let me let me let me wrap this point up. I wanted to give you a chance to be anything, but let me wrap this point up. It's one thing to be frustrated with your quarterback after you maybe don't play as well as you could have against UT Martin. You tell me what's worse. <laughs> being a little upset with your quarterback after not playing well against UT Martin or anointing Jalen Milrow as the next Cam Newton because that was of literally he, typed and said on the Twitters because of what he did against middle Tennessee State out here in Murfreesboro Tennessee the next Cam Newton you tell me what's a worse look for a fan base no I I know you may be frustrated and overreact about young Carson Beck. Fine, that's on us. I would rather be a little frustrated than watch my garbage quarterback play against a garbage team, learn nothing about him that I didn't already know, and then anoint him as the second coming of one of the greatest college football players of all time. But he's fast, Daniel. And he's big. And he's big and he's fast. I feel like you think you're making a point but alabama fan you're not, you're not. Um, upon further review mike bobo is not trash everyone stop full stop full stop stop full it right stop. now so i still i before the season began i said mike bobo could become the best offensive coordinator george has ever seen look i went back and, and looked at some things y- y'all don't realize that the game plan in its entirety, mm-hmm. the pass pro grade that we had, and you saw this beginning of the third quarter, late in the second quarter as we, the drive to matriculate down the field that got us a field goal started, and then third quarter and fourth quarter showed out. Our pass pro is not the problem. Our guys can get back in a set and 
and protect the daylights out of the pocket. Sure. Same can't be said of Ohio State. Same can't be said for Alabama. Same can't be said for a lot of schools. But it can be said of Georgia. That pocket Mm -hmm. was clean and crisp. Run blocking was horrendous. And when I say horrendous, I mean unacceptable by Georgia standards. I mean in the 60s. Pass pro was in the 90s. Run blocking pro was in the 60s. I defy you to talk to any offensive coordinator who could do anything with an offensive line who does not want to block above average in the run game, Daniel. Just want to move people. They just doesn't want to move, doesn't want to get off the ball, doesn't want to have a quick snap, doesn't doesn't want to go to maul and bully people. When that takes place, it doesn't matter what running back, running back getting hit and contacted before you look at the statistics, the advanced metrics say as the further running back goes without being hit, the more successful play is. I know that's common sense. Like that's literally the easiest way to understand it. Yards before contact is a great metric to understand offensive line play. And we were atrocious at it, Daniel. Absolutely atrocious. I Sunday, Sunday afternoon football on my television, barely classified as football, but I watched a little Rutgers Northwestern because your boy had a little money on it. Because, and Rutgers catch that ticket. Let me tell you that. Every snap, I know Northwestern's a terrible team. Are they worse than UT Martin? Nope. Rutgers, should they even be in the same conversation as the University of Georgia? So we're talking about a worse team on paper playing a better team on paper than was the matchup in Athens on Saturday. Every single play that Rutgers snapped the ball, you had offensive linemen firing off the line of scrimmage and moving the line of scrimmage at least two yards down the field on every single play. When you see an offensive line that's performing like that, the game plan just becomes so, so easy. Changes everything, y'all. So it does. calm down. Uh, we we're going to come back with yeah. upon further review and what else we saw this last weekend. But first, these. And these are Athletic Brewing mm-hmm. Company, Daniel. I don't know if you understand what happens when it comes to games in which you drink things and you drink things at a clip that may be higher than you would anticipate. And when those things that you drink at a clip, they higher anticipate you trying to hydrate, but the wrong thing include alcohol. Your body is not going to make it to the fourth quarter against Kentucky. They're not. Daniel's going to send you to the concession stand for water. You're going to come back 50 minutes later and he's going to be dead. Okay. I just asked for water. Like, that's all I needed. Athletic Brewing is the brews for you. They are non-alcoholic. And here's what's fantastic about Athletic Brews. Mm-hmm. They are brews with great taste and award-winning. They beat out full-strength beers globally. And this just it. No hangovers ever. You drink this stuff, these brews, these non-alcoholic beers, and it is fantastic. They taste just like every other beer just in America, like the but they aren't. They are brews, and they are fantastic. They're the fastest growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S. Get on board. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off the first online order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusion and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Mike Bobo, not the problem. Nope. 
Clint. We told you the play down by the goal line at the end of the first half. If you want to moan about that, if you want to complain about that, if you want to be frustrated by that, you absolutely should be. It was horrendous. It was inexcusable. If we continue to see it, it's going to become an issue. We're not making excuses. We don't love Mike Bobo. We don't have some sort of an like a un, unnatural affinity for him where we need to defend him at all costs. If he's bad, we'll say he's bad on this podcast. We have no problem doing that. We do it all the time when we see people who are bad. But do you know what we haven't seen yet? Is Mike Bobo really, really be bad? The game plan was very vanilla. Sure. Georgia really struggled to execute the game plan. Kirby came to his boys' defense, by the way, post-game presser, talking about how if we wanted to get the ball in Brock Bowers and our stars' hands more, we could have. He, he was coming to his boys' defense on that one because he knew the bullets that all of us, I'm including us, he knew yeah. they were coming. It's, it's really – like you ever meet somebody, Clint, and they just like nope. – they tell you about the thing that they're going to do. And they've got it in their head that, like, this is what I'm going to do. Maybe it's, like, a purchase they're going to make. Maybe it's a trip they're going to take. Maybe it's somebody they're going to date. They they just – they know that this is something I'm going to pursue. This is something I'm going to – and then you start to give some reasons why maybe it's not a good idea. Like, well, here's some evidence that actually points to, like, I don't think this would be a good purchase for you to make. I don't think you can afford it. I think it's going to ruin your credit. I don't think it's going to fit in your house. I don't think it's going to work the way that you think it's going to work. I think it's probably going to break after two seconds. It has 10,000 one-star reviews on Amazon. Maybe you shouldn't go ahead and do that thing, but it's already in their head, Clint. By the way, you guys are you guys are stepping into Daniel and I's relationship with one another. At you, various times, we have been on either A or B side of this correct. argumentation with each other. And so you know as well as I do, Clint, that once that thought gets in your head, it's done. you can't get it out of there. Ain't nothing like, I can do to stop this man from doing things once it gets in. It's as good as done. Correct. This is Georgia fans hating Mike Bobo. If you're typing out fire Mike Bobo before this game started, you already had that loaded up before you saw a there single was a snap of football. You already had it saved to drafts. You were going to fire it off no matter what. That's why I don't take you seriously if that's what you're out here tweeting. If you're out here defending, like saying Brock Vandegriff absolutely should be the starting quarterback because Carson Beck is uninspired and will never lead this Georgia football team. Like, what are we basing these conclusions on? What is happening? Wild conjecture. Daniel, it's called wild conjecture. And again, we were in wild conjecture feeling mode on Saturday for much of the game. And again, feel things. You can feel. But the measure of a person is when they feel things and then they come to reason and then they go, you know what? I'm going to pit. I'm going to do about face. I'm going to turn on a heel and go back to whence I came. That's what's happening. Okay. That's right. Upon further review, we the offensive line did stink. Stunk on Saturday. I doubled down on that. that take. Upon Correct. further review, Carson Beck did have some struggles. Is not a problem. Mike Bobo did make some bonehead calls. Is not. Is no reason to be up in arms no. as a Georgia fan about that. Let me go. Let me go to to the positive. Oh, well, I'm so glad because we. I went back and I watched a little game film. Um. And I think Tyke Smith might be a dog, Clint. Like, I think he might just be like a dog. Like, I'm talking about, like, he wants to be involved 
in every play and every tackle. There were a number of times during the game Mm -hmm. that I confused Tyke Smith for Bullard, for Starks. I said, oh, get it, Starks. And I said, oh, no, that's not Starks. That's Tyke coming up. No, he's he's four inches shorter than Malachi Starks. Correct. He don't act like it. He does not care one bit. Tyke Smith... And, and obviously, you know, injury news, obviously, hopefully he's going to be fine. You know, he, he, it seems like maybe he's going to be fine. You never can tell. We're assuming that everything's going to be well with Tyke. Maybe he's, he'll be limited this week in practice. Maybe he won't be. We'll see what happens. Um, But I really like this kid at Star. I, at first, I was just thinking... Javon Bullard's going to hold down yeah. this safety yep. position until Aguero is ready. Which, by the way, Aguero, a lot, a lot of great experience on. It's sort of like AJ Harris. Much. A lot of great experience, and not a lot of it was with positive place. Most of it was with negative place. He was speaking to Kirby quite a bit. Quite often, he was having one-on-one conversations that he wished he was not having. I was thinking Buller was just going to be back there at safety until Aguero was ready, and then Buller was going to slide up to his more comfortable star position. But I think... You move Buller. They they made this talk in the offseason like, oh, we're going to move Buller back to safety because it's his natural position. That's his long-term fit. That's what he wants to play in the NFL. That's what we think he's... And I thought, meh, meh, you know, we'll see about that. I think it's just that they really like Tyke Smith, and they really like Tyke Smith up near the line of scrimmage. If you're going to play the star position at Georgia, you have got to be willing to get your nose dirty in the pile messing in the run game like diving in and um taking on much bigger blockers than yourself tyke smith is that dude i really like this kid at stone i think he's a perfect fit for this georgia defense i have no problem with that get healthy get back whole Uh, i i too think that's right i'm gonna stick in the secondary as well because upon further review Malachi Starks is going to be the best safety that Kirby has ever produced out of Georgia. That Kirby has ever produced out of Georgia. I, I was specific. I, 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 no lies detected. I was specific. I said Kirby has ever produced no because lies detected. this dude has it all. I, 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 my eyes from the start of the game before, my eyes were looking across the screen at a lot of different things, but he was always flashing. This next time through, I said, let me see if my eyes deceived me. Let me see if I, my eyes lied to me, if I was just doing the thing that I love Malachi. And so I'm doing a little bit of, of confirmation bias. Just watching for him. Just checking for that 24. Yeah. I, I was not. No. That dude came with absolute abandon downhill on every play. He was in coverage and, and, and had technique with the coverage. Some guys in the defensive backfield just get based off of anticipation and raw athleticism. And that gets you a far way. I, I understand. That gets you a lot. This guy has now year two already. This is why I say he's going to be the best that Kirby's ever produced. Because already in year two, he has the technique and the angles. If you want to talk about defensive back and how to play mm-hmm. it well, angles are the thing that that you get talked about watch any game in which there's breakaway runs and there's runs for big gains of 20 30 yards it's typically because dbs have taken horrid angles to the ball to the pass catcher in route malachi ain't doing that daniel 
They are crisp. It's like an NBA player that has zero wasted steps on the floor. Yeah. You go, if you find guy down at the Y who played a little D1 ball, didn't get mm-hmm. anywhere, but he was maybe the 12th man in the rotation. He still has zero wasted steps on the court. Yeah. yeah. He's out there just running games at the Y. Yeah. Okay. That's what Malachi Starks is. And he's the real deal. Upon further review, this guy's it. And he is going to be the heart and soul of our defense this year. No, li- no lies detected. Absolutely. The secondary is quite good. I definitely think there are still some, some things I'm interested to see. We'll talk about those as we move throughout the week. But the secondary is very good. Um, all right. We're coming back. We got more thoughts on last week's game right after these. And these are FanDuel. Daniel, How much NFL did we seasons. make over the weekend, Clint? We, just... we made some coin. Profitable Yo. weekend, fellas. Profitable. We were fine because, again, Northwestern had no shot at that game. Ohio State, Indiana, the under was there from the moment the snap went. Tennessee in the first half, that cashed. How about I mean, Penn State, James Franklin not go. covering the spread. West Virginia has no timeouts left. They're on the goal line. They could take a knee to win the game, and he throws a touchdown pass so that your boy can cover and James Franklin can prove yet again that the man has no soul whatsoever. Soulless. I absolutely couldn't have been happier. I thought that money was dead and gone, but there it was. FanDuel is the sports book that Clint and I trust. It is the official sports book partner of the Lockdown Bulldogs and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, and they're going to give you free money. We've said this many times. New customers, you bet $5. They're going to give you hundreds of dollars in bonus bets. 200 bonus bets. $100 in bonus bets. That's free money that you can use to wager. Guess what? You wager that money. You win. That's your money. You then cash that money out, and you're home free. FanDuel.com slash locked on, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked on Bulldogs podcast. Make every moment more at FanDuel. By the way, Daniel, we did not scare off the 199. As a matter of fact, the 199 endeared itself to us more. If you're not out in full force, full force. If you're not aware, by the way, Gurf, we coming for you at that tailgate at Kentucky. Be ready. Gurf, Gurf has said, find me. Little, where in the world is Gurf? This He's going to be wearing a red and white striped shirt. Should we just look for the guy passed out in the gutter? Like, what should we, what will, what will be a sign? Give us a sign. I mean, <laughs> he'll, he'll have a buckets and bottles t-shirt, t-shirt on covered and, in vomit and, <laughs> and duct tape will be the bucket. It will just be duct tape over the bucket, vomit over the bottle. Uh, if you're not part of the 199, congratulations. You're here. Loyal third segment listeners. Uh, bonfire.com slash store slash the 199. That's where you can go get our merch and be part of us. We love talking for fans by fans, which is exactly what we're doing right now. Uh, Daniel, I watched again. Yes. I, I went back and I wanted to see the running back situation. Okay, let's revisit that situation. I was we concerned. We were pretty hard on the young men on Saturday night, Clint. You used some words that mm, pretty tough on the young men. I, I was a harsh teacher great was a tough critic yeah i'm gonna temper it a little bit okay 
but I'm going to stick with my hard line that so far the running backs give me a lot of concern for this offense. Now, the temperance is because the run block grade was so pathetically low. It was just sad. Okay. This is where running backs need to have the thing that that many dog fans got on me for because Zeus was a dang, dang good dog. He sure was. And you you didn't come around till very late. Very late. And it was when he got his eyes up, started seeing cutback lanes and had a vision. Because Daniel, this is why Garrison Hurst is still one of my favorite running backs. Vision. Not the most athletic and not the biggest physicality guy, but vision. I did not see vision. Now, they didn't have much chance to see the vision at, at all. Like this linebacker is, in their lap. Okay. So I'm going to pause. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take it back. But I'm going to pause what I said, and I'm going to wait until next week. I'm going to give him another week, another try to say I would like some vision. There was one breakout, bust-out run off tackle that the vision was there and scampered about. They, this running back group has straight-line speed. That is no doubt. We, we got size and straight-line speed. Those two things in abundance. Wiggle, vision. I, I'm going to pause judgment until next week because of how bad the offensive line played in run block scheme. I don't, I don't mean to end on a down note, but he, it's just, he does by the way. Here. <laughs> it's just us here. It's just us. Here. Um, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm giving him a if you're watching on YouTube right now, my apologies to you. We take it. We take it back. We don't mean any of it. We're sorry for the people we've offended. <laughs> Um, if you're listening on audio, I don't know if I could sell you on subscribing to the YouTube at this point, <laughs> but, um, I know what I could do. If you're watching on YouTube right now, go subscribe to the audio version of this podcast. Then <laughs> you'll never have to see Clint do that again. <laughs> and so I can guarantee that if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, you don't have to watch that. So that's, that's a great thing it's you good. can do for you boys. Good. Um, it's a name we didn't get to on saturday well we did we touched on it briefly i don't want to talk about the whining about the past interference calls that's not what don't i'm going do to that. talk about don't that's do not that. what i'm going to talk about i'm concerned clint and this is not this is a i've been sitting on this i've been thinking about it i've been really considering it it's not a hot take an emotional take i'm concerned that arian smith is fast End end of end there's, of the descriptors. There's a period there. Period. And now we move on. I'm concerned that Arian Smith is not a a receiver. That he is fast and can catch the ball when thrown to him on occasion. I don't necessarily know that that is the case. I don't have enough data, I don't think, to make that assessment. But I will just say it is beginning to percolate as a concern for me. And here's <clears throat> why. Because Arian Smith is a guy that Georgia, I think, was really counting on to step up this year. At least Georgia fans. It, it was abundantly on. clear by game plan, Daniel, that the coaching staff believed right. that to be the case. That's right. The coaching staff was on Colin's side, and it did not work out favorably for any of the parties involved. One of those people got annexed to an island. <laughs> I 
I think only in terms of the his server, like in, only in terms of his proxy server, where he's trying to convince people, like convince the internet, he is. But we'll we'll discuss it at a later time. Um, uh, it Arian Smith, I don't know if he has it, and that's not great for Georgia because what Georgia has got guys like Muse, guys like guys, you know, like Dylan Bell. They've got guys who can go out, make plays in space, are good mm-hmm. with the ball in their hands. They certainly have Brock Bowers. You know, you'd like to think Rosemary Jack Saint's going to be back. You'd like to think Lad McConkey's going to be back. And certainly those are bona fide wide receivers. But with a disappointing performance from both Arian Smith and Dominic Lovett on Saturday, I just don't. I don't know that Georgia has enough guys who can just run routes, get open, and catch the football. Yeah. If this the is... run blocking is going to be this bad, we're going to need to get chunk plays through the air. And chunk plays through the air can't just come in one or two ways. little swing pass and run after the catch or bomb down the field. Yeah. We need so... these intermediate wideouts. Okay. Uh, by the end of the season, Daniel, let me tell you the starting three rotation. Here we go. I don't need to tell you two of the names. I just need to tell you one of the names. All right, Lad and Rosemary. I do, okay, I don't care. Whatever. Because okay. yep. CJ going to be one of those three, Daniel. Ooh-wee. By the end of the season, CJ might end up messing around and being second on this team in receptions. Uh-oh. I had a similar thought potentially about Ra Ra Thomas. Clint, I, I'm not here to give up on Dominic Lovett. Okay? No. He nope. had a terrible game in his debut for you the Georgia have, Bulldogs. If it touches both your hands, you must in bring it. In the end zone. You have to must bring it in. It's a lot more, I mean, Georgia fans freaking out about winning a game 49 to or whatever, 7. But... It's just if some of these drops aren't dropped, if some of these catches are made, because like we're talking about third downs drops. Yes. We're talking about yes. end zone drops. We have a lot more bottle instead there's, of bucket. There's just a it's a different feeling for this game. If some of these drives are extended, some of these balls aren't dropped. And did Carson Peck throw the ball great? No, he didn't. He was behind a couple of receivers. He overthrew some receivers. There were some bad throws out there, maybe four or five really bad throws. But these receivers didn't do him any favors, and Arian Smith and Dominic Lovett, these are two guys that Georgia was depending on gotta have to it, be man. dudes on this team. Got to have it. You got you to gotta be – you got to step up. I will be watching come Saturday for more. It has been Locked On Bulldogs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will see you all tomorrow and every day. Henceforth, we're in season. We'll see you guys then. See ya.